Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. All right, now, inflammation has been attributed to many negative effects in livestock production. Now, as we see in today's research, most inflammation is deemed negative by veterinarians and nutritionists alike. Dr. Wes Schwer earned his B.S. in animal science and his M.S. and Ph.D. in swine nutrition from Iowa State University. ISU. Go, what's the mascot? Cyclones. Go Cyclones. <laughs> his graduate research focused on the impact of different diseases on swine performance, metabolism, and intestinal physiology, and examined nutrient requirements of health-challenged growing pigs. In his role with Zimpro on the Research and Nutritional Services team, he is responsible for directing swine research, focusing on nursery and growing pigs. Welcome aboard, Wes. Thanks, John. Happy to be here. So what exactly is inflammation? So John, to a large degree, inflammation is how the body combats infections or stress. Um, you know, following an infection, you think about pro-inflammatory cytokines. So these are little molecules that get released um, to to combat infections. When we think about that, we usually think about interleukin one, interleukin six, and tumor necrosis factor alpha. And these are, like I said, these are released after infection. These cytokines increase blood flow and recruit immune cells to the infected area, so they're going to recruit neutrophils, monocytes, and macrophages, natural killer cells. Um, but something that they are also going to do on a systemic level, they're going to inhibit um, certain processes in the brain, so they're going to reduce feed intake. So that's something that we have to to work with as well in a sick pig. Um, so you know, when we think about inflammation more on the human side, we think about redness and swelling. So we can get that uh, on more of an acute uh, inflammation process as well um, in livestock, kind of that redness and swelling. But the, recru the recruited immune cells, they can help clear the disease, and, and once cleared, they're no longer secreted. So this is going to reduce inflammation. So it'll go up for a short period of time, and it'll come down is how we want inflammation to work. The first immune cells that are recruited to an infection are nonspecific killing cells, which means they'll attack everything and anything in the area so we can get tissue damage from that. And then if this persists for a long period of time and the signal isn't turned off after an infection, this is going to lead to more of a chronic inflammation. So chronic inflammation can often go unnoticed. We're not going to see the redness or swelling necessarily associated with more of the acute um, inflammation. And regardless of the type of inflammation, whether it be acute or chronic, both can result in production losses in livestock through reduced feed intake. What, what causes inflammation? So... Stress is the big thing, whether it's, you know, in livestock, weaning can cause it. Weaning stress, uh, mixing with different groups of animals, uh, overcrowding can all induce stress that can lead to inflammation. 
Another source would be disease, especially uh, bacterial diseases can result in inflammation. Uh, open wounds uh, and cracks in the sole of the hoof or foot of the animal or cracks or, or cuts in the horn tissue can lead to infection that's going to result in inflammation, and we're going to see that present more as lameness. Uh, heat stress and out-of-feed events. So, you know, it was 100 degrees here yesterday. It didn't work well for me or you. It doesn't work well for animals either. That can lead to, to inflammation. Um, and out-of-feed events causes a breakdown in the integrity of the gut. Uh, and dysregulation of the gut microbiota, which can lead to inflammation as well. Just like people. Yeah. Same, yeah. <laughs> now you're talking about them going lame. Uh, I got a cousin who's very lame. <laughs> so I, I think it's, we work with him. So uh, I would take it is, uh, that inflammation is bad. Is, is inflammation bad? This is kind of a tricky subject. Uh, you know, when we think of it, it's we never think of it in a good way, but it's a necessary process. Um, that's required by animals, people, you know, to, to combat infection. Um, you know, when animals are vaccinated or when people are vaccinated, there can be an inflammatory response for a short time because it's something that the animal hasn't seen before. They need to mount an immune response against a foreign body uh, that it's never seen, and this would be an example of more of an appropriate inflammatory response. So also in the gut, there's always some degree of inflammation, uh, because there's the interaction between the enterocyte and the gut microbiota. And it's, you know, there's a, a mild level there all the time. It's not necessarily a harmful type of inflammation. When inflammation becomes harmful is when it persists at an elevated level for an extended period of time. So if we go back to the enterocyte microbiota interface example, if gut integrity is compromised due to some stress event, whether it be a bacteria, heat stress, disease, any, anything like that, Bacteria can then enter the enterocyte and lead to inflammation. If gut integrity is not restored and the enterocyte is continuously sending a signal for more of those immune cells to show up to the, to the gut, inflammation is going to persist. This results in an extended period of an immune response, and then we get chronic inflammation, which is more of what we consider bad. Both acute and chronic inflammation can result in production losses because the immune system is going to require more nutrients and energy, which would otherwise go towards growth, uh, reproduction, production of meat, milk, eggs, feathers, uh, you name it. So the stomach gets inflamed and gets smaller, so the pig eats less. So, yeah, the, the cytokines actually are going to work on the brain. They're going to signal to the brain, and then that is actually going to cause the decrease right. in feed right. intake. Right, that's important. So is it uh, inflammation, is it manageable? To some degree, yes, it is. Uh, reducing the chance an animal can experience some type of stress uh, can reduce the likelihood of inflammation. And as livestock producers, I think we always try and, and strive for that. But it's a, quite the challenge uh, to actually practice that. Um, almost inevitably, animals are going to experience stress in its lifetime. You know, we talked about vaccines. That's going to induce some sort of stress. Um, you know, during these times of stress, we strive to reduce the impact of these stressors. Um, so, you know, in the example of heat stress, maybe we've got misters in barns to try and keep pigs cool, keep cattle cool. Um, you know, we're always trying to get ahead of, of some sort of stressor pigs, livestock grow better in general when they're, they're less stressed. Uh, we've also got injectable and water soluble anti-inflammatories like aspirin, uh, that are available for use in livestock and often administered before we would anticipate a stress. So at times of weaning, generally the first couple of days, animals are going to be on some sort of aspirin or anti-inflammatory. Uh, and then there's nutritional strategies as well that can help reduce inflammation.
You said you have misters and barns. Do you have any missuses? <laughs> There's uh, a few misses in there. Just, okay. <laughs> Does Zimpro have a nutritional strategy that producers can implement to, to help with this inflation? We do, John. Uh, we know that trace minerals are important, especially during times of, of stress, and Zinpro has demonstrated in several peer-reviewed research papers across multiple species that feeding Zinpro performance trace minerals can help reduce inflammation. So an example of that, in dairy cows, feeding Avela dairy can reduce somatic cell count and lameness, which are both indicators of inflammation, uh, and this is going to lead to an increase in milk production. We've also seen the same reductions in somatic cell count and lameness in sows when they're fed Avela sow. So you know, collectively, these reductions in inflammation are going to result in reproductive performance increases. And if we move more to the, the growing animal side, so in growing pigs and steers, feeding Avela zinc can improve gut integrity, resulting in reductions in pro-inflammatory cytokines and therefore inflammation. Boy, yeah, that's, that's again, a lot of great information. Inflammation can have both detrimental as well as positive effects in animals then. By reducing inflammation during times of stress, we can see reduction of somatic cell counts and improved milk production in dairy cows. I'd like to thank Dr. Schwer from Zimpro for joining us today and encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.